اکبر اللہ اکبر اللہ اکبر اللہ اکبر اشہد اللہ الہ الا اللہ اشہد اللہ الہ الا اللہ اشہد ان محمد رسول اللہ محمد رسول اللہ حیال السلام حیال موسیم وعدي بن خالد رضي الله تعالى عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم من فطر صائما كان له مثل وجهه اونربل علماء الكرام الذين بين البرادرز اند فريندز ان الاسلام الله for his compassion and his kindness has allowed us to witness the suspicious month of Ramadan once again Allah's habib صلى الله عليه وسلم tells us that the first 10 days of Ramadan These are the days of mercy. These are the days of compassion and kindness from Almighty Allah. So during the course of the day, we experience some sort of difficulty, some sort of hunger, some sensation of thirst. This is ought to invoke within us the thought that for a moment, for a few hours, I am going through this discomfort. I am going through the dryness of my mouth. the pang of hunger within my belly what is the condition and what is the situation of the ummah by and large across the globe 
Alhamdulillah, over the last month we've traveled across four countries. But today, inshallah, we will reflect on what we've seen in these different countries and we will draw the lessons from there. And we will try to understand what is the onus upon you and I and what is the opportunity that is presented to you and I. Very recently, it's not even two months, maybe six weeks now, since the devastating earthquakes in northern Syria and Turkey. There is only one way to describe the scene. There is only one way to describe what we have seen in northern Syria and Turkey. That if it were possible for someone, if it were possible to depict and draw the manzar of Qiyamat, the scene of Qiyamat, then the closest that one can possibly come is what we had seen in northern Syria and Turkey. For 750 kilometers, if a person is to drive, in any one direction that a person is to look, absolute devastation. All good and all shar is from Almighty Allah. That is taqdeer, we have iman. These are tests upon us. And eye open is for you and I. Seismologists, they explain that this is the most volatile region in the world. There are four tectonic plates that converge upon each other. The Anatolian, Euro, Asian and African plates. So there are fault lines on top of these plates. And directly upon these fault lines, ancient cities, some of them over 2,000 years old, have been constructed. If you look at the inner circle where the earthquake had taken place, the cities of Ghazian, Tepetan, Le'orufa, Kahaman, Marash, these are all directly upon the convergence of these tectonic plates. If you go a few years ago, the Fukushima earthquake of Japan, that was 9.0 on the Richter scale. It was more severe than this. But it happened far offshore. So the devastation was not like what we had seen. So entire cities, complete, complete suburbs with skyscrapers pulverized into mountains of rubble along the sides of streets, heaps and heaps of human bodies piled up. A complete, complete apocalyptic state. Besides this, we can see now the scale of devastation and the scene on the ground, a persistence of speech of snow, of rain, which means that for days on end, earth-moving equipment could not reach rubble. So amongst all of this, while all of this was happening, what was the scene in the eyes of people? What did we see our brothers and sisters going through 13.5 million Muslims? 13.5 million Muslims. So directly with its huge skyscrapers used to stand, people pitched their tents directly in front of this. Naturally, Nobody wanted to leave without the bodies of their loved ones being retrieved. There was such a shortage of humanitarian aid that in the bitter cold temperature, sometimes the climate plummeting below minus 5 degrees, we've seen people burning whatever they could, and then warming himself for 5 or 10 minutes and then sharing it with the next person. That person warming himself for 5 or 10 minutes and then sharing it with the next person. Alhamdulillah, we've seen some miracle 10 days after the quake. We've seen with our own eyes a little girl being carried out from the rubble, still in her pajamas. Allah Rabbul has sustained her and nourished her and protected her in that bitter cold conditions as well. We know in Syria there was an incident of a little baby and this baby was carried out from it is thought that this day map of the earthquake the umbilical cord was still attached. The mother had sadly passed away. There was absolutely no one to go and claim this baby. The entire family had passed away. This baby was named by aid workers, by doctors. They gave her the name Aya both the Arabic in the Turkish languages it translates to miracle. But with the passage of time, these miracle moments became fewer and further apart. 
One case that we saw with our own eyes. So as we mentioned, the people would normally pitch the tent in whatever space they could find, whether it's a recreational park or a pavement or whatever it is, waiting for the bodies of their loved ones to be retrieved. So rescue workers would be working on these piles, on these mountains of rubble, and heavy earth moving, moving equipment, working on the very limits of safety. And for a moment they would announce that everybody must be absolutely quiet. The heavy earth moving equipment also powers off the engines. And then they used those seismic listening devices to try and hear for a whine, for a cry, for a screech. And after a while, two rescue workers come, all the families are mourning and grieving. They've lost everything. And these rescue workers tell them that we've recovered one more body. One more body has been found. So come one at a time, one representative from each family, and come and identify your loved one. Perhaps it's your daughter, perhaps it's your sister. It's a body of a little girl. But we want you to know that you're not going to be able to identify her by her face. Her face has been smashed by falling slabs of concrete on her hands. On her hand, they freshly applied mehndi. You know henna, mehndi, we apply in times of happiness and celebration. So if any of you had applied mehndi to your loving daughter, to your sister, then come, come and claim this loved one. That too, there was nobody to retrieve this body. Thousands and thousands of people who have passed away were our Syrian brothers and sisters who had crossed the border seeking refuge in the southern part of Turkey. They had no relatives to even announce that the issue of bodies were piling up. Eventually, they would take a biological sample, remove a strand of hair, something of that sort, sort take a fingerprint, and then lower these bodies into mass graves. Later on, at some point, if someone needs to come, then they would tell them to go and get some closure. In one case, we've seen 18 people, three generations of one family, taken away at one go. When the third earthquake had occurred, we were there, we were on the ground, we felt it. We were driving from the city of Kirikan to Kasaman Marash. And as we entered the city, for us it was the first one, for our brothers and sisters it was the third. And as the earth began to tremble, the psychological toll that this has taken on our brothers and sisters, we cannot imagine. People began pouring out onto the streets, crying out, hilarious, distant from what life once used to be. Let us remember that these were normal, functional families, like you and I, mums and dads working very, very hard every day to give the children a good quality of life. Children going to school, living in these apartments with all the teachers all have. And the entire life as they knew it was upended and upearthed in an instant. May Allah Rabbul Izzat protect us. May Allah never test us. In the Quran Al-Kareem, Allah Rabbul Izzat tells us of a group of people. تَعَرِفُهُمْ بِسِيمَاهُمْ لَا يَسْأَلُونَ النَّاسَ إِلْحَافَ In Tafsir Usmani it is mentioned that you will see some people and you will recognize them by their characteristic signs. You will recognize them when you look at their faces. They do not ask persistently. They do not keep asking. They are not in the habit of going out and asking. People who live normal lives, absolutely normal lives. In Tafsir Usmani, it is mentioned that what are the signs that you will see them? They will be thin, pale. The signs of trials and tribulation will be visible on their faces. This is exactly what we have seen. Faces of little children smashed in by falling slabs of concrete, concrete dust having settled onto their face. On Monday, we returned from Somalia, this Monday. So sometimes it's natural crises, sometimes it's man-made crises. 
Somalia is currently witnessing the worst drought in over 40 years. Our brothers and sisters in Somalia, by and large, they are pastoral agrarian people. They live a very, very simple way of life. Nomadic people, primitive people, they realize that buying agents will come with what you can call trains of truck, and they lower these heavy scales. They put the animals onto the scales, they weigh them and they are paid out in cash and US dollars. And this livestock make, makes its way onto the plates and platters. But the cycle of droughts year after year meant that first the livestock began to perish. And in the words of one of the village elders that we were talking to, they have no concept of banking. The livestock is both their bank account and their fridge. So first the animals began to perish. After the animals began to perish with nothing to feed the children, the little children began to die. When we spoke to our brothers and sisters, they had to travel hundreds of kilometers to get to certain camp where aid agencies are present. We spoke to one woman, she was 100 years old. She was coming on a donkey cart and with her there were nine children. So along the way the donkey also died, he couldn't make it. So she walked 150 kilometers with nine children to get to the camps. 1.2 million people around the southern city of Baidoa. And she explained to us that while they were walking, they had to evade packs of hyenas that were trying to hunt those children. Along the way, others had explained that as loved ones used to pass away, they were so weak, so dehydrated, that they would dig a shallow hole in the desert sand. Must know besides the National North-South Highway, there is no infrastructure. Absolutely nothing. So our processions of people carving through barren wilderness. So they had to dig into the earth, a shallow hole, put the loved one to lay, cover it up and throw a whole lot of thorny shrubs on it so that scavengers don't go and dig out these little children that are inside those graves. With steel, malnourished children, you won't be able to sleep at night. Sunken eyes, swollen limbs, depressed fontanelle, rolling and restless in the pain of hunger. Two young boys that we've seen servicing 1.2 million people, there are only three hospitals. You can't even call them a hospital, there's no OT room, there's no maternity care. So we saw two little boys, one was nine years old and one was five years old. The two of them were playing outside and they picked up something that they thought was a toy and it turned out to be a landmine. It completely shattered both their legs. If you walk through the camp, if you walk through the camp, the amount of men folk that have passed away over the years of conflict, the proportion of women to men is far greater. I would estimate that for every one man there are six or seven women folk. So these are our sisters living in those conditions. And our situation is so dire that the shortage of water means that our breastfeeding mothers and sisters don't even have milk to nourish their little babies. If you walk to the camp, you see desperate mothers clinging onto their children, little children barely clinging onto life. It was a dark time. So how we normally walk around, going to the masjid, we take some khajur in a piece of foil. So we had parties who also took our khajur. So we, everything we saw in the day, the people sitting and looking at each other. When they arrive at the camp, there is such a shortage of food that priority is given to the starving over the hungry. So we saw our sisters with little children. So we took out one one piece of khajur for ourselves and we gave them that foil. Those mothers took that khajur. It is five pieces of khajur. Each khajur she made into four or five pieces as she gave. One, one, one child in Kajur. The temperature at the moment, March, April, May are the hottest years, the hottest months of the years. The temperature saw up to 40 degrees. In certain parts, 
even the water table, the aquifer underneath is completely depleted. So there are boreholes, but there's no water. And we've seen with our own eyes, besides the women for five-year-old, six-year-old children, walking with heavy, heavy cherry cans, sometimes for 20, 25 kilometers to get water. And this water is the only thing that they will have for Sukhur also and for Iqtar as well. So this is the situation that we've seen in Somalia. So these are natural crises it's from Allah. We make part of Almighty Allah that Allah alleviates their plight and their suffering. If you look at China at the moment, year in and year out, millions, millions of our brothers and sisters in Xinjiang province are taken and put into what they call re-education camps. And what is being imposed upon them? We have Iman. Allah has blessed us with Iman. Is Iman the most important thing? To have Iman is this the most important thing? To have Iman is very important. But the most important thing is to die with Iman. Allah has given us Iman. Are we struggling at the our Iman? Be able to come to the masjid when we want? Be able to send our kids to Madaris, Makatib? Be able to observe our fasts? Our women can draw the Islamic liba? Allah has given us this Iman. It is a great gift from Allah. Very important. But to die with Iman, this is the most important thing. To stand up on the day of Qiyamah before Allah with Iman, this is the most important thing. Allah Rabbul Izzat tells us, the ayat comes to mind. أَمْ كُنْتُمْ شُهَدَاءَ إِنْ حَضَرَ يَعْقُوبَ الْمَوْدِ إِذْ قَالَ لِبَنِيهِ مَا تَعْبُدُونَ مِنْ بَعْدِ Yaqub a.s. on his deathbed, he asked his son. Yaqub a.s. his father is Ibrahim, his father is Ibrahim, a lineage, a progeny of Anbiya. Nabi Akareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was asked, Man akramun nas, who is the noblest of people? Nabi Akareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Nabi Ibn, Nabi Ibn, Nabi Ibn, Khalil. This is entire progeny of Anbiya. This even our Huzur Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the greatest of Allah's makhluk, didn't have this. Naturally, he was the seed of prophethood. So an entire village, an entire progeny of Anbiya, but yet, Allah Rabbul Izzat asked, You know, if somebody is trying to deliberate, to open something very big that had happened, everyone is deliberating and arguing, trying to get to the bottom of it. And someone walks into the room and he says, Any of you present today? You were not present. I was present today. What happens? We all become attentive. We want the first hand report. So this was saying through years before Nabi Sallallahu Even Allah's Habib wasn't present. But Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala draws our attention. Allah's knowledge is all encompassing. That this is very carefully. Despite coming from a lineage of Ambiya, what did he ask his children? You know, one of our Kabiri mentioned in a majlis that one day Badi he was passing away. So he called all his sons, everybody came. We asked Babu is here, they told him Babu is here. And Gora, Gora is here, Gora is also here. Farooq, Faisal, Afzal, everyone is here. Naturally, when a person dies, he wants his loved ones around him. So Baji turns around and says, All of you are here, who's in the shop? You left the shop? This is our heart, our condition. Yaqub alayhi salam asked his children, twelve sons, among them also there is a Nabi. They also there is Yusuf alayhi salam. And he asked them, Ma ta'abuduna min ba'di. This is the most important thing. Who will you worship after me? Imagine, coming from a lineage of Ambiya, this is still the concern on his deathbed. Yes, we are a lineage of Ambiya. Amongst my children there is Nabi. Still the question that who will you worship after I die? Qalu na'budu ilaha wa ilaha abaika ibrahima wa isma'ila wa isha'aqa ilaha wa ahita. So Allah has given us Iman, which time is up. This is a great ni'mat from Allah Ta'ala, but the onus is upon us to preserve this Iman.
honor this iman so that we stand before Allah on the day of Qiyamah with this iman in the spirit of Ramadan. Dear brothers and friends, we'll conclude on this. As we experience little bit of hunger, as we experience little bit of thirst, let us bear in mind that our brothers and sisters are going through much agony and much grief around the world. Very, very important that we discharge our zakat. We pay our zakat. We see to the needs of our brothers and sisters around us also and far away as well. I met one journalist, the absolute last thing that I will say from Kuwait, and he's telling me that he scrutinized the United Nations report. And this report had the demographics, the geography of pockets of the global population that are living below the poverty line. So the poverty line is a dollar a day. Below the poverty line is less than one dollar a day. And he said to me, if you scrutinize this report, you will realize that 50% of Muslims live on less than a dollar a day. I was shocked. I told him, you sure? Tell me, think about it. Look at 